good wrestling on and then the Royal Rumble existed and I think we can all say that that was a bit lacklustre. It's something that indeed happened. Um, as you know, we will be a rumble free zone here at the Troopany Show to bring you something that isn't revolving around uh, Ronda Rousey or Brock Lesnar uh, for 48 hours. Because um, we're going to do something completely and utterly different. which is Can we not at... just talk about Johnny Knoxville's love of King's Road? He apparently throws an arm like Kojima, a Thor arm like Kojima at the moment. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, we're going to look at instead some Japan's Women's Project from the mid 90s, uh, specifically two shows, one from 2005 and one from 2006, which I thought were really interesting when I found them. I was like, ooh, this is an era of rest, Japanese wrestling we haven't talked about. And you can all access it for free. This is JWP Mania 10. Uh, from 2005, which is at Currican Hall, 923 people in attendance. And these two shows kind of, really it's the start of modern Joshi in the sense of the, the big name era and the big drawing era is off. The economy's in the crapper um, well and truly by this point. And Joshi companies have to really kind of, they will have struggled basically to kind of make a living which meant more shows in front of smaller audiences with higher price tickets to be able to make a living. And instead of, you know, for years, there was a monopoly of AJW and then JWP came along and then Gaia and then, and then FMW had a women's division. And instead of having one company or four companies, all of a sudden there's 12 and that waters down the market. So you get really how modern Joshi would become to develop some 17 years later this is kind of the start point uh, for two companies we're going to talk about. First of all, we're going to talk about JWP. Um, you've watched some JWP before and some modern JPure, which is the follow-up organization. In fact, this is on, not this one, but the other show is on JPure's YouTube Both channel. Around Pure J's YouTube yeah. channel. So what's your thoughts on Pure J? Well, JWP rather than Pure J. What's your thoughts on this era? See, JWP... As well as being quite difficult to say very quickly. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those products that I'd managed to hear about, A, through some of the stuff you recommend on YouTube to me. But you just it's one of these things you manage to find, especially if you watch a lot of, like, Japanese indies. Like, obviously, I watch a lot of Chocopro, and a lot of their stuff, and Gato Move stuff is inspired by this generation of, well, wrestling in fact some of the wrestlers from that feature heavily on Chocker pro are in these shows like kaori Yonayama is still going strong today and gato move and stardom all sorts still plying her trade so it's been <laughs> interesting to see her earlier days and sort of the style that she sort of came up in yeah this is the thing it's like this is kind of like the launching pad for so many people from different points of view. I mean, JWP by this point had been around for 15 years. It started um, with uh, the birth of a second company 
um, based around the idea of AJW shouldn't be a monopoly. And some of the older wrestlers like Del Masami came across to uh, work with the company. But they started off with a TV deal with Fuji TV and they were very sufficient on television wrestling. But as things went along, and at this point, no Joshi company had a TV deal, they kind of have to start doing it themselves. And this is a two camera shoot because a lot of production values are very much lower than what you've been used to from JWP when they were doing arenas in the late 90s. Um, but this is a perfectly serviceable wrestling show. The actual wrestling itself is epic, but it's the that you notice the edges are coming off a little bit of things, <laughs> shall we say. It's, it's cheap and cheerful. Sorry? It's a lot less car crash. Yes. I find than the sort of 90s stuff. Yes, the 90s stuff. Well, see, this is the thing, right? In the 90s, the pressure was on. It was cooker pressure wrestling. I've mentioned this, my theory behind this before. And everybody wrestled at 200 mile an hour because, you know, the top five people in the industry weren't just the five best women wrestlers in the world. They were the five best wrestlers who ever lived. And they were the standard. So you had to wrestle at 200 miles an hour. You know, Cutie Suzuki is an example of that. She's an amazing star of a wrestler, but she didn't have the chops to keep up with Minami Toyota or Akira Okta. But she was a huge star. And in any other era, she would have been, you know, a massive, massive, massive star. Um, but just the way things are, isn't it? That's, that's the way things go. And as you get into the mid-2000s, all of a sudden the pressure's off because they're not earning the big shows and doing the big money and everything's calmed down and everything's a much smaller rosters and, you know, people have to work with one another so you don't get the cross-promotional rivalries you used to to make a living. Then all of a sudden, it's not 200-mile-an-hour wrestling. And some would argue the standard had maybe dropped, but that's not the point, is it? It was much less... Oh my God! I have to have the greatest match of all time ever in every match they do. It's it's much more relaxed, <laughs> much more fun. I think is the phrase. It kind of reminds me of Hustle in a way through the production. There's mm-hmm. a lot less sort of dramatic video packages, but it's got the same style of filming. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's Curric and Hall. They have a crew. There's only so many camera angles you can do in that building. And, you know, if one team look really good at doing it, why wouldn't you use them again? It's very difficult. You don't get wrestler, you don't get production credits. Or at least production credits you can understand on wrestling shows, do you? <laughs> Be intriguing. Who directed it? Who were camera people? Was there a theme? Or was it the same crew for every company? Because there's only going to be so many places it can do so many things. But we'll go to the first match, which is Kiyoki Kimura, and she defeated Keiko Sato in eight minutes and 45 seconds in a fun opening match. Uh, at this point, Kiyoki Sato had, oh, let's see, she'd been three years in the business, and Kiyoki Kimura had been, ooh, two years in the business. Um, so, yeah, they were, they were kind of young girls at the time, obviously, uh Sato's still going, I think. Let me think about this. Yeah, she's still going. 44 years old, still kicking in. 19 years in ring experience. <laughs> and Kimura has been going, well, she retired two years ago. And obviously she is uh, the mother of Hannah Kimura, who we all sadly miss. 
um, but she was just building this reputation as the monster. Um, you know, the uh, Odeotai in stardom actually grew out of the faction of Kyoki Kimura because it was Kimura Monster Goon with um, Haley Hatred, Alpha Female, and Kyoki Kimura were the first big badass heel faction in stardom, uh, which evolved into Odeotai over a time period of time. Um, so this is kind of influential on the future of Joshi. But at this moment, Kyoko Kimura was a, a rookie doing her thing and getting a big popular win here. And you can see how her character is going to grow. She's already wearing the flares. She's just wearing flared shorts instead of wearing flared trousers. It was one hell of a sort of image. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And as the afro grows out, it becomes even more of an image. <laughs> yeah, this was it was really cool seeing Kyoko Kimura as a rookie and yet not missing a step. This was a very sort of if you think you're hard enough, come and take it match. And Kimura was there uh, more than hard enough to take it to Saito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was this was good. Big it's and hopes job. This was nice. I liked it. Uh, the second match on the card was Erika Watanabe of AJW, well, originally of AJW. Um, and she was going up against Haruka Matsuo, who was the JWP junior champion, because Matsuo had only had a couple of years in the business. She debuted in 2001, which is really strange that Watanabe was challenging for and indeed took this title because she was one of the most accomplished pro wrestlers in Japan at the time. You know, she started with uh, AJW. She's been in the business for seven years at this point. So why she's challenging for a junior title, which isn't junior heavyweight, it's to do with junior as in age, is a bit weird to me. And the fact that she won it. But, you know, Watanabe was kind of like, she stood up to the plate and did all sorts of things for AJW up until 2005 when the company went out of business. But she was... She was a babyface, she was a heel, she was a big star, she did a big heel turn, she did everything. She was really well known. So why is she wrestling for a junior title? Bit strange. John, your thoughts on this match? <sighs> Bless you. Thank you. So this is where I'm going to fall into the pitfall very early on, because much like when it comes to describing Noah Shaw's, it's a, it's a very specific style to sort of JWP. And that style is very interesting to watch. But it's it's kind of... If one match is good, the rest of them are pretty good. And again, yeah. it follows this very sort of technically charged, pretty aggressive, but not quite car crash levels of Joshi style. It's, as you said, it's kind of the, the baseline of what modern Joshi wrestling has kind of become. Well, pre-Bushi Road, sort of messing with stardom to a degree. It's it's all very focused, it's very aggressive, it's very technical, but it's also got a pace to it. And again, there's a lot of nice personality shown just in the moves. Like one thing I neglected to mention with the first match is just how intense Kimura gets when she's applying Boston. Oh, perhaps. yeah. <laughs> just... Uh... She wants to rip the knee off of the joint and take it home with her. <laughs> like, there is a lot of aggression in these matches, and it's just quite entertaining and compelling to watch. 
because even though you know that it's not quite as heavy as it used to be, they're still going out there with the intent to kill each other, <laughs> or at least trying to put that across. I did make a mistake because Eric Watanabe was a big JWP star, not a JW star. I do apologise. I've gone back and checked to make sure I got the right person. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was fine. It was actually a really good match and it was competitive. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with it um, per se. It's just that it was, you know, a um, bit weird that the junior championship went to a woman who'd been wrestling for seven years. It was the only title she held in wrestling as well. She held it for 202 days. But there you go. Next up, we had a tag team match, which involved Command Bolshoi and Gami. And they defeated Iko and Kazuki in 13 minutes and 23 seconds of a rather blessed little comedy wrestling match. Now, for those of you who don't know, we've talked about Gami before because she started in LLPW. Um, she was a shooter and she was hard as nails. And then transitioned to Arceon, where she was a shooter who turned into a bit of a character comedy wrestler. And by mid-2005, she was full-on comedy wrestler. <laughs> there was no more shooting about it. <laughs> she'd, done her, she'd done her time with the ground and pound and decided that comedy was the way to go. And being a characterful wrestler, she was the right person. She also started working for JWP while she based, built, basically built her base around her rising star as a single star and would go on to find Wave Wrestling, which is still probably the biggest wrestling promotion outside of stardom in Japan, because it's the only one with a TV deal. Um, Command Bolshoi um, had started off life um, as uh, the clown wrestler in the mid-1990s, and then developed into what we know as Command Bolshoi. She retired a couple of years ago. Now plays in bands. She's a guitarist and a singer. Um, <laughs> and also has like washboard abs at the age of 44, I don't know how she does it. I think she just lives on spinach. Um, Iko and Kazuki uh, are wrestlers I haven't seen an awful lot before, but these people were, were perfectly fine, did exactly what they needed to do. Uh, Kazuki has been with us um, for, well, she's 46 now, still wrestling. Of course she is. 24 years, she's barely started. <laughs> and Iko is retired in 2018. Um uh, based around an ecology gimmick, as you can imagine. This was perfectly fun wrestling. Non-offensive, family, wholesome entertainment. John, your thoughts? Yeah, this is the one match that sort of deviated from the style I described earlier. It's it's very fun, very light-hearted. Though I must admit, from the very get-go, Kazuki just had, I'm losing this match. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because they don't show entrances or anything on this it's all very edited to be like here's one match next match next match kicks off weird black gap which i'm guessing was an intermission they forgot to cut out and then back to here's match here's match so i'd love to have seen what kazuki's entrance was and just to see if she was still scowling for that <laughs> but, yeah as you said perfectly serviceable it's very fun very relaxed still a lot of good wrestling but a lot of nice humor to it as well Especially from Bolshoi, who's just and Gami, who are just really hyperactive for a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, it's the, I mean, I've always loved Gami. Um, ever since I started watching her wrestle towards the end of her career, um, and she was awesome. You know, she was really fun to watch, really cool to watch as a wrestler, and 
yeah, I really enjoyed her work. And then um, as she transitioned into being a promoter more full time, I managed to see the end of her run uh, as I watched things, as I watched call with stuff on YouTube. And yeah, she was, she's just good, just good at what she does. And um, yeah, it was a perfectly fine wrestling match this one. But then onto something completely different. Kamuki Mikawa defeated Gyoki Hariyama in 15 minutes and 28 seconds um, of a bit of a kick in, to be honest. This was kind of my style. It was a bit more mixed martial arts and very kind of big it and hope job. I like this. What's your thoughts on this, John? Yeah, this is where it got a bit mean. This was a very, very physical match. <laughs> Much more reminiscent of like old school and yeah, as you said, a bit of a kick in. <laughs> Again, though, still great to watch. And it's like for all the sort of production wars, the talent is still giving it everything for like the live audience. It's there's no slack in here. No, Macawa is what's that phrase from Heartbreak Ridge? Low speed, no drag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's all go. All the time. I love watching her wrestle. I've watched her wrestle in AJW before. And um, I think one of the, I think the one we did with Dara, I think a while ago, where Dara was absolutely enamored by Joshi because he'd never seen it before. And I made him watch an AJW show that was really good. And he was like, how do they hit each other so hard? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, and Haram, Haram was kind of like more of a traditional JWP wrestler. Um, but Makawa just has all the kicks and it becomes a bit of a kind of a shoot contest to start with and it opens up into more of a pro wrestling match just my kind of thing really that's what I'm into and it, it was just a lot of fun to see and it's like it's difficult to see sometimes with Joshi the variety that you did got in the 90s there wasn't no let's start again there wasn't a ton of variety in the 90s it was more the characters that created the variety but with this, there's more of a variety of matches. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think they'll get what you've got for. Yeah, you've got a bit of comedy going on. You've got a bit of um, uh, straight-up shoot style going on. JWP has kind of opened itself up to a wider base, and I think that's really important. Rather being the circus of characters, it's the circus of match types. Yeah, you also have to bear in mind that like JWP had gone through his own exodus, that... It lost Dynamite Kansai, Mayumi Miyazaki, its two biggest stars. Kyu Suzuki had retired. You know, <laughs> JWP was looking thin on the ground by about 2001 as far as its roster was concerned. But yes, it was really, really good. Next up was the JWP tag team title match with arguably three of the four people alongside Command Bolshoi who would pretty much kind of show the direction of the company for the next 15 to 20 years. Kaori Yanayama and Leon were tag team champs, sorry, were, were challengers, and they beat Akino and Subusa Kuragaki. So Yanayama, as we talked about her before, she currently still wrestles for stardom, um, the only person to unretire uh, in Joshi history <laughs> because she got as far as number nine on her 10-bell salute and then stopped the count. <laughs> which caused a massive row. <laughs> um, and then uh, Leon, who's uh, a pretty well-recognizable luchador, she 
still occasionally a long-time challenger for the Neo uh, High Speed Championship. She has been a big name on the JWP roster for years and kind of got sort of Japanese lucha style in much the same way that a lot of men do. And she was kind of one of the first true superstars of the mid-2000s with a masked ca a character. Akino, who nowadays is more attuned with Oz Academy, but was a JWP regular with the demise of Arceon and having fallen out of favour with uh, Rossi Agawa uh, in the early 2000s and the way that company developed. And Sabusa Kuragaki is still a JWP regular, so multi-time openweight champion, and she's probably one of the most recognisable stars on the on the circuit, really, um, especially for JWP. And she appeared for them and represented them at the Shikara Joshi Mania Tour. She's wrestled for BJW. She very often wrestles men <laughs> for BJW and DDT. One of my favorite matches with her. I was tagging with two guys from BJW against Yun Kasai, Minoru Suzuki, and Ajikon, which was insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In a street fight. <laughs> it was hilarious. Suzuki pour on Kasai's goggles and jumped off the top rope to deliver a slap. Because <laughs> Minoru Suzuki doesn't care, none. <laughs> but yeah, what did you think of this one, John? Yeah, it was great. This was a very energetic match. And that might just be Yonayama's influence, but again, there was a whole lot of back and forth, a lot of very aggressive action. Again, it was just good. Yeah, Akino. Akino is awesome. I love Akino. She's kind of like, she was the first person to kind of do like a shoot fighter gimmick, full on shoot fighter gimmick in, in women's wrestling. All the other previous shoot fighters that you saw were kind of still pro wrestlers, but she wore shorts to the ring. She didn't wear tights and she wore kind of like uh, uh, kickboxer shorts and, you know, kind of very, she was still wore satin stuff, but it was very kind of plain and direct and straight to the point kind of wrestling. And I really like that. Um, so yeah, she's really good. Um, but yeah, no, it's, again, you're right, it is all really good. It's just that this is probably the best match of the show so far. I would think maybe the best match of the show, I would think. Um, yeah, it's certainly the sort of most dynamic to watch. And as you said, just from the talent in that ring, it's not surprising. Yeah. Um, let's just move on then to the main event. Azumi Hayugi successfully defended a JWP Openweight Championship against Kairito in 20 minutes and 31 seconds. Ito was a big name, and they were bringing people in for Hayaga to wrestle, who um, had a reputation to try and build her as a champion. Um, if you search for her on Google, you will find out that they were selling an awful lot of T-shirts with her in a swimsuit or a bikini, because, you know, they've got to make a living. Um <laughs> It's but, 2000s Joshi, then again, they still do that today. Yes, this is true. But um, yeah, she was an outstanding technical wrestler, and Ito was an outstanding brawler and big hit wrestler. Um, and yeah, uh, Ito had started in AJW. She was kind of, she'd done some mixed martial arts stuff for AJW, but kind of built her reputation on being a solid worker. And she'd stayed put during the mass exodus and made quite a name for herself. Are they still going? I think Ito still is, to be honest. Of course she is. She's 50 now, 32 years a pro. <laughs> Nothing. 
Yeah, there you go. Debuted in 1989. Uh, she was Zap One in the Zaps, the infamous invading tag team. Um, and uh, Hyugas retired in 2009. So she retired a couple of years after this. Um, she was trained by Devil Masami and Cutie Suzuki. So she's one of the old school AJW Dojo people. And again, just just really good. A perfect Kurokan Hall main event match. Yeah, there's a nice clash of styles that leads to this sort of, again, very compelling, very hard-hitting match that, yeah, it feels like the solid end to a Kurokan show. It does. There you go. The fans went home happy and satisfied, which is what you're supposed to do. Now, moving on, we go to 2006, and things have changed. Production values have come up because the video quality is an awful lot better. We're just in the early days of digital video production, so it stands up really well. We're at Yokohama Red Brick Warehouse number one, <laughs> which, which is, is one hell of a name for a venue. It is. Um, I don't know. I saw Shikara show in an old warehouse in Wolverhampton, which was hilarious because it took some finding. Um, uh, this was in 2006, like I said. It was a sellout of 400 people, and they made some noise, to be honest, to be fair to them. And this was a Japanese Women's Pro Wrestling Project versus Neo Women's Pro Wrestling. Now, Neo has an interesting history. It was started by Kyoka Inoue in the early 2000s and was originally supposed to be called New Japan Women's Pro Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> However, I wonder why um, that name didn't stick. And Mr. Inoki uh, said no. <laughs> um, and it kind of had a pipeline to AJW, and there was kind of a back and forth between AJW and and Star and um, and uh, Neo Pro Wrestling, and but basically it kind of like floundered and it, it went nowhere. And then Kyoko restarted the company again in two thousand and five when AJW uh, shut up doors, and all of a sudden it had a TV deal and it was the biggest wrestling promotion in Japan for women. <laughs> it basically went from zeros to heroes because just because there was nothing else as far as that AJW style was concerned. So JWP being the established, you know, long-term uh, opposition to AJW and Neo being the kind of replacement in the fans eyes, at least to AJW, that was going to create the kind of, uh, you know, draw that you wanted for a big showdown like this, but it's not the same kind of cross promotional, interest that you got in the early 2000s sorry the early 1990s because the companies just aren't big anymore and there isn't that kind of money to put into the promotion there's no tv and on and so forth so while it's a small indie show they're still going just as hard as they did 15 years earlier <laughs> so yes let's discuss this yukishina defeated kazuki in eight minutes and 44, 84 seconds the only important thing about this is the fact that they couldn't find a level spot for the hard camp so the hard cam's off by four degrees. So it looks like a 60s detective show. I don't know. That could add some extra level of intrigue. It did. It did intrigue me. <laughs> like, why couldn't they set the tripod to be level? But, <laughs> you know, these things happen. Um, I'm guessing the Yokohama Red Brick Warehouse number one wasn't the ultimate venue. They should have used Yokohama Red Brick Warehouse number two. two. That's got a level floor. <laughs> um, but yeah, what do you think of Shina and Kazuki? Because it was a good opener, I thought. Yeah, again, a lot of energy for an opening match. And it's exactly the sort of thing you want to see to open a show. It gets the crowd going. 
it sort of shows that like both sides of this like cross promotion show have got a lot of energy to bring to it and yeah you just can't go wrong with a match like this because it's just fun and it's energetic and it's short enough to sort of if people were going to get bored of it that it didn't outstay its welcome it was a very nice opening sort of shot in the arm for the show there you go i agree with it um sheena was an ajw person originally she was trained by the dojo um and Kazuki, as we've got, we talked about before, was a JWP wrestler, still wrestles for Pure J. Um, and she was trained by, doesn't actually say. That's just, I'm guessing JWP Jojo. Uh, next up, we had Yukio Nuka Nakamura, who was an AJW wrestler and then became a Neo wrestler, as you'd expect, who had a background, interestingly, in kendo and badminton. Badminton, of course, being the most hardcore of sports. Yes. Um, do you know who else was a kendo player? At Yasukawa. Oh. She started with kendo when she was like four years old. There you go. Uh, wrestling Electric Wave Mask. It was Kiyori Yanayama. Oh, sorry, I'll say that loud. That was Kiyori Yanayama, who, believe it or not, also had a background in badminton. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, of course, it's Electric Wave Mask. Uh, this match did not last very long and was fun for what it was. There you go. <laughs> I can't Nothing really like that. a good old squash match. No, no. Sometimes you just need something to get beat up. And Yoni Yama is really good at getting beat up. Um, next up was Eko, who we talked about before. And she wrestled Tanny Mouse, who was an AJW wrestler originally um, and then became um, a Neo wrestler. And may have the most annoying voice in all of professional wrestling. These two went back and forth in seven minutes and 11 seconds in a perfectly fun match, but it was kind of a comedy match. And Eco takes the win. It was fun. Tanny Mouth trying to be a dick the whole match. <laughs> Winding everyone up with like continuous screaming and Eco just trying not to get beaten up. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, Tanny Mouse is just like, she's a mouse. <laughs> she's uh, vicious. Yeah, she's vicious. Clearly hasn't had a cheese today. No, no. An eco is just, just you know, a bit of a eco-friendly kind of person that just wants everyone to get along and um, maybe use less uh, flammable products that burn holes in the atmosphere. That's what she wants, and that's what went out in seven minutes and eleven seconds. Uh, but again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just it. The trouble is, it's kind of like a bit. This is one match that could have done with a promo package to explain it, rather than hey, person from one company versus person from another company. It's they needed a bit more. I feel maybe Tanny Mouse just hates the environment. Possibly so. Fighting maybe on so. behalf of all the Japanese coal companies, it's Tanny Mouse. <laughs> Uh, we had a tag team title match. Yeah, well, not a tag team title match. It was a tag match next, which pinned. Um, hang on a second. Lost my page. Yoshiko uh, Tamura and Yuki Miyazaki, who defeated Azumi Yuga and Ran Yuyu in 22 minutes and 16 seconds. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much for saying that. This was, this was a match that started off really oddly. And then built up and got more intense and more intense and more intense. And I was really into it by the end. 
But the beginning, I was like, oh, come on, let's get this going. <laughs> it was a bit of a slow starter, I must admit. But I yeah. think because they realised, well, shit, we've got 22 minutes to fill here, and I'm, we've probably only got enough planned for about 10 of them. So let's let's start slow, and we'll build it, and we'll build it, and we'll build it, and eventually everyone will love us for it. And lo and behold, they were right. <laughs> this is what you first started to see as well. The odd kind of... Um, how can I put this? Like the overboots, like they would have like um, like covers for the boots that were like flared trousers, but they'd only start at the top of the boots. You don't get it so much now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it it wasn't exactly a good look though, so I'm not surprised they don't occur anymore. <laughs> it's like uh, looking like you got an extra bit of skin for your boots. If you yes. My boots want boots, so I've gotten them boots. It's like flares for your boots. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yoshiki Tamara and Miyazaki were former AJW veterans who moved on to Neo. Uh, Hayuga and Run, Run Yuyu uh, were JWP wrestlers. Um, uh, Hayuga, we talked about, was actually trained by uh, Devil Masami and Cutie Suzuki, and Run Yuyu was trained by the JWP Dojo, I believe. She spent most of her rest remainder of her career with Oz Academy, and that's where she retired uh, in a bizarre series of retirement matches. I remember her retirement too. Um, she wrestled in a 10-man tag match as one of her retirement matches where the other nine competitors were dressed like her. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a bit weird. Um, but yeah, this this is fun. I love Ranyu Yu. I could watch her all day. And Hugo was just a perfect partner for him. This was proper back and forth Joshi tag team wrestling with save after save after save. Um, so I really enjoyed this. Uh, any thoughts on the match, Sean? Yeah, as you, as you said, it, it took a while to get into it. But once it did, it really sort of kicked into another gear. It sort of went from like, when the hell is this going to get to going to, oh, don't stop now. God, this is great. No, no, oh, and it's over. <laughs> it genuinely did pick up to such a dramatic degree and became one hell of a like a kicking match. <laughs> Again, just as you said, brilliant example of back and forth Joshi tag wrestling. Can't go wrong with it. No, you definitely. Or maybe can't. skip the first five minutes. Yeah, you know, I mean, this the, the act, the bit that annoyed me about this is because I what tried watching this on the big telly. And I shouldn't have done. I should have watched it on a laptop, but um, the big telly was lagging. <laughs> ah. So this match took about forty-five minutes to watch because it just stopped and then start again, and then stop and then start again, and stop and then start again. Um, so yeah, it was a bit weird. Um, you watching it on a laptop? I didn't even realize that the um, camera was off kilter. To be honest. Well, there you go. I think it's because I watched it on the big telly, and all of a sudden all the angles will be much bigger, aren't they? So it's like, oh, look at that. There you go. Um, then the main event. The Columbo to come out and tell me who done it. <laughs> was Columbo the sixties? I feel like kind of sixties, seventies, eighties. Ah, yeah, it was. Yeah, the uh, yeah. I was thinking of I when I was at uni, um, when I did my film master's degree. Ernest Hemingway short, wrote a short story called The Killers, and it was just about two guys that. Um, uh, two thugs that walk into a cafe in Chicago trying to find a guy 
um, and they're waiting for him. And it's this, it's just this little short story. And we watched all the different adaptations of it. Like there was a Russian film uh, school that did it with awfully the the cook in the cafe is black. So of course one of the Russian students did blackface for it. It's like, oh my God. Um, it's like, well, you know, good try, I suppose. <laughs> um, and uh, but one of the remakes was a 60s version of it, and they just used like oh, I can't remember who it was. It was Lee Lee Marvin played one of the killers, and it was just him parks up a car and then drive walks down all of these corridors with purpose and all of the cameras are off at angles as he walks down the corridors so it's like really weird <laughs> and this reminded me of that it's like a lee marvin movie from the 60s but there you go anyway main event of the evening command bolshoi koyo yorayama keoki hirurama and Sabusi kirigaki defeat etsuka mita haruki matsuyo kiyoka inoue and misai genki in two, two to one in a 30 minute Iron Woman tag Iron Man match. Let's try that again. A 30 minute eight woman tag team Iron Man match, which went for 30 minutes and 34 seconds. But I actually had to stop watching this one and watch it again on my laptop because, again, it kept juddering for so long. By the way, the version's fine on the laptop, which is my telly. It's not well, my DVD, my uh, Blu ray player, not, not the actual video. It's fine. Um, so I had to watch it again. And then when I go watch it again, I really got into it. And again, it was kind of a slow start, kind of very respectful. And then they got down to business and uh, it was good. I, I, you know, I'll watch Exude to me to do anything ever. Uh, and this must be one of the last years for wrestling because she got a knee injury that retired and not long after this. Um, yeah, just, just really, really good. Awesome, in fact. Um, Bolsho and Yoniyama put a ton of work into this. Uh, everyone does really, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. There seemed to be a bit of a miscommunication in one of the falls, which I think when Kurigaki got a, a pinfall on was it Matsuo? She was a big class, wasn't she? Yeah, I think she got a pinfall on her, and the ref actually reversed it because it was only a two count. Um, and even Kurigaki was unhappy with that because it was clearly a two count. <laughs> uh, what's your thoughts on this match John yeah as you said again it's it takes a bit to get into it but once it does it rewards you for your patience there's a lot of action in this a lot of very like dynamic back and forth again name value alone kind of shows you why you want to be invested in it meters doing a hell of a lot of heavy lifting Yoni armor Bolshoi and yeah it's just Again, it's great fun once it gets going. It's a sort of very story-heavy main event with like the home team getting the win in overtime because it's been an, it's obviously gone to a draw. Yeah, it's it's just a fun little match with a fun little story to end this sort of competitive card. It is, and also the last time we talked about. Uh, Mita was in that tag match on the AJW show where the old hands wrestled the up-and-comers and we yeah. said then that Mita was the glue wrestler, held everything together and she was doing it again here she's just that good you know that's the thing, she's just that good the, the, all the finishes you love John Cena's attitude adjustment was invented by Mita. there you go 
<laughs> Every Death Dally driver variation starts with exotometer. So, but there we go. Um, where are we? But that was that, really. Uh, Neo no longer exists. Uh, JWP technically no longer exists, but the entire company became JPO after a copyright issue in 2019, I think. Um, the big issue for Neo was uh, essentially, again, just money and it not being very creative. And the, the, essentially, there was a mass exodus of talent as a load of wrestlers retired, some left for other companies. And it, at one point, there was only going to be three left wrestlers left on the active roster. So Kyoku, in a way, closed the company and started Diana. <laughs> and that was that. It was around about 2010. However, Neo's lasting legacy is the high-speed championship, which is still the Neo high-speed championship some 10 years later in stardom, um, which is still a highly sought after and probably the, the, the only high-speed championship worth having, really, in professional wrestling. And that comes down to the work of Neo, um, really, you know, the, uh, the uh, I'm trying to remember the name, uh, the title belt went across to the champion at the time. Um, and that became kind of the cornerstone of Stardom's junior division, which, of course, has been held by so many great wrestlers since. Many of which you can read about in the Jair Crown series. You can indeed, um, which uh, I reviewed for Steel Chair Wrestling Magazine this week, the latest version of the Jair Crown, which um, my, I'm not exactly sure when it will be available. available now, do you know, John? I think it's out on Kindle now. It's out on Kindle now? Um, I've definitely seen people with copies of it. That's Matt Charlton's incredible book about the history of the J-Crown tournament. He looks at all of the belts and their lineage and pulls wrestlers out of history that you wouldn't believe. Danny Collins gets the same amount of ink as, um, you know, uh, Danny Hodge. And that, that makes me smile. <laughs> Being a British wrestling fan and reading about Danny Collins and then reading about Danny Hodge in the same book. That's amazing. And that's the joy of uh, the J Ground Tournament, for those of you who don't know. We never reviewed, I think we did review it. Me and Chelsea looked at it back in 1990. It is out now. Yeah, there you go. Thank it's you very much. Yes, yeah, go buy it. It's really, really cool. Me and Chelsea looked at the J Ground Tournament way back when in the Beginner's Guide to Japanese Wrestling. Um, so I might repost that again this point, some point this week if I'm going to find it. But we hope you enjoyed today's show. It was a little aside, a little bit different. You know, try not to do the same things every week and try and give you something a bit different to have a look at. It's free. You can go find it. They're both on the JPO uh, YouTube channel and we'll put them on um, the tweets to this so you can watch them. And we hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, thank you very much for listening today. My name is James Troopney and I've been joined by John Dinsdale. Where can we find you on the internet, John? You can find me at Twitter handle John Deathman. That is kind of the gateway to hell that leads you to all my writings, my opinions, and anything you could potentially want from me, I think. Yeah, just Twitter handle John Deathman. And obviously check out Steel Chair where you can read things by me and Mr. Troopany. Indeed you can. Um, we've got a cool story this week coming up on Monday about Britt Baker and her relationship to uh, the... AW Women's Division from Young Anthony, he's one of our writers, who uh, should be really cool. Uh, anything else coming I up this week? I have something featuring Kari Onayama as there I round go. out Chocopro's 11th season. 
There you go. So enjoy that from us. And my name is James Trupani. You find me at Sheriff Limestar on Twitter. You can find the show Trupani Show on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, The Trupani Show. And you can find us on Patreon, where you can keep The Trupani Show free forever for everyone. Please do. Uh, we'll be back next week, probably with something interesting to watch uh, that will be cool and to discuss. I think it'll probably be something new. Noah's had a show today. DDT had a show yesterday. Loads to pick from. Nothing new Japan on the horizon yet because they aren't doing new beginnings this year, so it might take a while for things to get cooking. I was going to say they had to cancel everything because of COVID, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So probably some um, cyber fight-y stuff. TJPW had a good show the other week, the other day as well. So that could be interesting to catch up on. Anywho, until next week, take care. We'll speak to you then. Bye.